We made it. We survived the fire that was 2018. Happy New Year! Welcome back to Lost in the Source. I am your host, Lola, and today I'm going to be talking about learning, learning how to code, and just learning in general. As we come into 2019, January is like the reset month, symbolically. It's the month for change, it's the month for picking up new habits, new talents, new skills, and basically just making yourself hot, you know, like making yourself the bestest of the best, right? So today I'm going to be talking about learning, learning how to code. I'm not going to go too much into resources and things. I think I have an episode about that already. If I don't, one will be coming up, but there's loads of stuff on Google anyway. Um, And then in the source, we're going to be looking at what's a back-end engineer, what's a front-end engineer, what's a full-stack engineer for people who don't know, for people who see these words splattered everywhere and have literally no clue. So let's get into the main topic. So learning. Being an engineer is really about, well, not entirely but partly about knowing how to learn and I think that was a big shift for me when I started learning how to code because I went from a environment university environment um, and I was studying English literature and creative writing which is very individualistic it's very I mean we had group tasks obviously but majority bulk of the course was about writing by yourself reading by yourself and then discussing those things later but a lot of it was you know alone and then I shifted into learning how to code and I still had that kind of like solo dolo mentality and it didn't work for me where it worked for me in in uni it didn't work for me in engineering and so I had to I had to change I had to shift and there are some things that I think um, you should know when you're learning anything new, right? And one of those things is you need to know how you learn. You need to know how you are able to consume and retain information and then regurgitate it at will. And I'm not talking about the learning you do in school where you're essentially like taught how to cram for a big for a big test or event and then once that test is over you just like forget everything I'm talking about learning in a way that helps you retain the information and people learn in different ways for some people that school environment is really useful that's the best way to learn that's the best way to consume and retain information for other people that environment is useless it doesn't mean anything they don't get the information the content that they need and they're unable to be practical use that content and information practically for me I know that I learn best in a kind of seminar setting so where I'm able to be told an idea or concept and then I'm able to discuss it I'm able to kind of like explore it um verbally 
and hear other people explore it verbally. So in more of a discussion setting, more of a discussion environment, that's best for me, where I'm able to ask questions, receive answers. And so when I first started learning how to code, I was learning by myself at my house um, through Codecademy. And Codecademy is a, at the time, I'm not sure what's like now, but Codecademy at the time was very handheld. It was pretty much hey, write this thing, and then you write the thing, and then it's like, well done, you got it, and for me, that was not enough, for other people, that may be enough, but for me, that was not enough, and I wasn't confident that I was actually learning the concepts that I was being taught on Co-Academy, so I moved into a boot camp setting, and a boot camp is pretty much like um, an intensive, I, I have a whole podcast on my boot camp experience, um, but essentially, it's an intensive um learning environment where you learn how to code for a set amount of weeks or months and it's just really intensive hence the name boot camp and it wasn't I mean for the first four weeks on my boot camp I was failing and that's because I still had that university mindset of like a very individualistic learning and then it wasn't until I started like taking the best parts of uni what 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 were the bits of uni that I really really felt like I gained the most out of and those were the seminars and so taking the best parts of uni I started asking questions I started talking to my peers about stuff that we had learned and we were you know trying to figure out together and that helped a whole lot that helped shift and change things a lot because I I mean my tutor wasn't the single source of information if I didn't understand something my tutor said I could ask someone else who may explain it in a better way for me right and so when I did that and I really you know created the ideal environment for me to learn personally that's when I started to grow and I started to explore and now that it's not really conducive for me to be in a boot camp or classroom or seminar um setting I have to create that environment with the resources that I have and I think this is the place where a lot of people are whether you are learning how to code as a beginner or you know you're in the industry and you you don't have time to go to classes or you know other things how do you create the idle learning environment with the resources you have you have to be creative you have to really really be creative and by that I mean so I'm going to just be using myself as an example but for example I this year I want to learn um, algorithms and data structures I want to be able to describe things in OM, O log N and all of this stuff I want to understand data structures I want to understand how um, when to use certain data types over others when the best time to optimize is how to optimize what kind of algorithms work best in what kind of scenarios right and so for me I can't go to university to go back and learn that I mean I could but it'll be pretty expensive um and I don't have a um uh any classes that I've seen that I can go to that will fit within my schedule so I have bought a bunch of video tutorials from a website called Udemy and they have tutorials on loads of things not just coding related but like business and marketing and loads of things and the way the tutorials are set up is that the person 
does a bu- records a bunch of bite-sized videos so i'm talking anything between three to ten minutes where you can you know watch a video on a concept in that time and it's part of a longer lecture series so you have a bunch of lecture series and you know small bite-sized chunks in between and then you also have like interactive tests where it's like you know where it's like consolidating the stuff that's in the videos in between um this works for me in terms of receiving the information but in terms of being able to discuss the information it i mean i can ask questions in a forum i think but it's not the same as asking or talking to someone and so that's where my community and my network comes into play right so i am able to talk to friends who know this stuff i have one of my closest friends um is the person who really shifted me in this direction to learn this stuff and he knows this stuff i mean he he can't regurgitate algorithms off the top of his head but he knows this stuff he understands this stuff he talks about this stuff in his daily um work life and so i can ask him questions and we can discuss and we can explore ideas and then i have my mentor luke who probably doesn't know i'm doing this yet but you know i can talk to him about this stuff too and if I didn't have either of them, there would be things like Twitter. I could, you know, talk to Twitter about this stuff. I could tweet about this stuff and hopefully people would tweet me back and say, oh, that's not quite correct. Or that's actually exactly what it is. Um, or I could go to Stack Overflow and ask questions on Stack Overflow. Or I could Google, see what other people have said and kind of form my own thoughts. Or I could create a podcast and talk about this into that, you know, stratosphere and people would respond to the podcast hopefully i can write a blog post you see where i'm going with this there are loads of avenues where i can ask questions where i can um give feedback on the things that i've learned and other people would then give me feedback on my ideas and my um thoughts about those things so i'm creating that kind of like digital seminar setting that interactive seminar setting that doesn't need to be confined to a classroom or a physical space and this has helped me learn and understand things i've spoken about um constant time um and the constant time of an algorithm like on so much in the last few um weeks more so than i ever have in my life and so now i really understand what constant time is right i may not understand um how to talk about space um constant space and stuff like that just yet but I will eventually and so you really need to be creative when you are creating your learning environment and that includes looking in places where you know you may use for other things I use Twitter as a social tool predominantly but now it's also a learning tool um I follow I'm on mediums I read articles and things other people have written I listen to other people's podcasts and stuff like that just really using the resources I have to build the ideal learning environment for me and so in order to do that you need to know how you learn I know that I learn in a seminar setting you need to know what resources you have available to you as well um and so Google's the best resource, I think. You just search, or if you don't use Google, dot, dot, go. Um, you just search what you're trying to... Well, there are tests you can take. So there are tests you can take that will tell you your learning style, whether it's like kinetic, auditory, um, 
visual and etc etc I know for me it's a mixture so hence why the seminar setting kind of works for me um but you may be something completely different and those tests help I don't know how useful they are they're not but those tests apparently do help another thing that I'm that's going to kind of like help with my learning and understanding is I've created a curriculum for myself and the way I did that is going to be different to the way so the way someone who's been in the industry will choose the topics they should learn is going to be different to the way somebody who is just starting out should choose the topic so I'll start with the like beginner and then I'll go to the way I did it so a beginner person is not going to know where to start from you don't know what to even look into and I think the best thing to do in that scenario is this try things out try taste and see is what I like to say yeah when I was starting out, I went on Codecademy and I just tried a bunch of programming languages, HTML, CSS, JavaScript, Ruby. And Ruby's where I really fell in love. Um, HTML and CSS were cool, fun. And a lot of people say you should start with that those languages because there's a shorter learning curve. But for me, that's not really where things started to... I didn't really enjoy um, the front end until later in my career. But... Ruby's where I really fell in love and then I started looking for Ruby tutorials online and then I decided actually it's best for me to learn um in a boot camp setting are there any you know short courses or whatever that will teach me this stuff you should taste and see um another friend of mine also didn't really gel with the html css um side of things so he went straight into ruby pretty much and then picked up the rest as he went along i know people who do not even know html css at all and they are like java engineers or Perl engineers like they didn't follow that route and that's something to note the road that you follow um that you go down doesn't have to look identical to anybody else's road your journey is yours your journey is different, your journey is unique, it doesn't have to look like other people's, it can, but just because it doesn't, doesn't mean it's invalid, so tasting and seeing what you like, what you enjoy, or even if you don't enjoy, what you can tolerate, what languages you can tolerate, and as I said, Co-Academy at the time for me was a good starting point, I think now it's not free anymore, you have to pay, but um, I think they're like free trials and stuff like that. And the reason I use Codecademy is because you have so many programming languages right there. You don't have to do too much searching. It's just all there. And so I would say if, do a free trial of Codecademy and see like, you know, the first few languages, see how you feel about them, see um, if anything intrigues you, excites you. And then move from there. When you've picked a language or when you've picked a framework, you can kind of see what the fundamentals are in those frameworks, what the basics are. You start with the basics. And so if Codecademy gets too expensive or you don't want to, Codecademy is not the best place for you to learn, you might want to consider joining a boot camp. You might want to consider going back to uni or you might just want to see what's online. And so textbooks and um, resources online. And so you will Google, you will search for basics in, for example, Python. Python fundamentals, 
foundation python course and you'll get a whole bunch of stuff that will teach you the foundations of that language the basics of that language and so you start with tasting and seeing what's out there choosing something you are interested in and searching for the basics in that language in that framework what what are the basic building blocks that you have to understand to really get how this works now that's for someone who's a beginner and you kind of just work your way from there once you've done the basics then you can look at um intermediate stuff you know get progressively hard as you go along and then eventually what you might want to do is look at job descriptions for engineers in that program language so you might want to look at junior python engineers um what are they expected to know in the job description it'll tell you like what you should know what are they expected to know and you might want to like make sure you understand those things don't just look at one job description look at a few and you just make sure you know and understand those things and this is if you're learning by yourself if you're learning in a boot camp you'll be taught the best they'll have a curriculum for you but if you're building your own curriculum you will need to use all the resources available to you and I think job descriptions especially when you feel a little bit more comfortable with the basics and the uh, intermediate stuff job descriptions really really help to know what real life engineers um, and companies expect of you and you know using tools like Udemy where the video tutorials are you know adequately labeled this is for beginner python engineer this is for intermediate this is for advanced or whatever and they usually have like a lecture series where they teach you now you do have to pay for tutorials on udemy but um they do a lot of sales i've never had to pay full price and they do loads of sales random times of the year so i would say if it is full price maybe pop back in a week or so and see if it's still full price um for someone who's been in the industry a bit longer though the way I have decided or built my curriculum is just looking at what's hot that I don't know and also where are my knowledge gaps what do I want to know that I don't know and if I want to get to the next level what does the next level know that I don't know and these are way these are the three ways I've decided to build my curriculum. So I knew that a knowledge gap for me was, as I said, um, algorithms and data structures. I don't know about that stuff, and I think I should. Um, something that's hot is React and Redux. Um, although it's still it's still getting hot, but you know we'll see what the next best thing is. Um, but something that's hot is React and Redux. And every time I've tried to learn React and Redux. I'm fairly productive in React and Redux, but I'd like to be more productive and really know and be comfortable. And every time I've tried to do that, it's been in an environment that's not been conducive to my learning. So now that I have an environment that I've created myself and that I have control over, I think is a good time to learn React and Redux. Um, and then, you know, skills that engineers above me have that I may not have as well being able to really deep dive into problems and you know think about problems in an abstract way and knowing that there are many different solutions to a problem and knowing which solution to choose things like that um I want to get better at and so that's how I've been able to build my curriculum I've been able to look at different holes basically my knowledge and try to fill them um and so that's how you know a beginner can choose their topics and 
a, a more someone who's been in here for a while can choose their topics as well um another thing to kind of consolidate your learning is you need to be able to practice and in this context that means building you need to be able to build building is really essential to consolidate the things that you know um and it doesn't have to be the next best thing i think maybe sometimes that's what i mean that's what has put me off in the past that oh the thing i build has to be useful loads of people have to use it it has to be you know hot it has to be attractive it has to be this has to be that and no it really doesn't i mean if you're learning ruby build a calculator nobody has to use a calculator but you are consolidating certain things you are consolidating you know how operations work you know how to use an array if you need to use an array you know how to get um you know how to get data from a user you know you know you know certain things right um and no one's going to use that calculator but that doesn't matter you are practicing you are just building to practice and you know the more you build and the more you practice those skills the more it becomes second nature there's things that I do now that's just second nature that when I started programming I didn't even know what they were you know so it's about building just keep practicing and build small small things don't go for the giant mammoth app straight away build small things and that goes for whether you're a new engineer an older engineer or the eldest engineer you want to keep building small things bite-sized things i think glitch is a um really good place where you can find small bite-sized things to build and remix and refix um and ideas and stuff of things to build i think it's glitch.com but it might not be glitch.com i'll put the i'll put the website in the description but just ideas of building small things um also building is not the only way depending on what you're learning you may also want to solve problems um i keep using the data structures and algorithms as an example but in learning that you know it's difficult what can i build with x algorithm or with y data structure this is kind of the wrong way to think about that rather what problems can be solved and i think i use project euler um, as a place to practice project euler i think there's another one um oh and they use cutters instead uh i forgot what it's called but i'll find it um but project euler is a good place it just has like a whole list of problems then they're kind of like mathsy problems but that's a good place to just and and it's language agnostic so it doesn't matter what language you're using as long as the language can you know do maths and data structures and stuff but um i'm able to just practice the stuff i'm learning and you know think about problems in new ways right so building and also problem solving really important to consolidate the things that you're learning and know what to use when and know when to use both as well um people also you know really value side projects i myself i guess because my biggest side project is black girl tech i have gotten away with not really doing the whole side project thing um side projects 
I think are unfairly valued. Not everybody has the time to do side projects. Not everybody has the capacity to do side projects. And not everybody wants to do side projects. I mean, in your free time, you don't necessarily want to code. And that was me for the whole of 2018. In my free time, I didn't want to code. I didn't want to do anything tech-related. I didn't do any talks or extra workshops outside of Black Girl Tech or anything because I wanted that time for myself. And I think that's fair. Um, So... That's not to say, though, that you shouldn't do side projects. Do side projects if you want to do side projects, if you have time to do side projects. But when you're in the learning phase, you also do have to be mindful of you need to make time to practice. Um, And so if you don't have time to practice, it's going to take a really long time for you to learn the things that you need to learn. Um, You need to be able to show the theory. You need to be able to show your working, essentially. So side projects, side projects are good for that. If you work in an environment, though, that allows you to learn on the job, that's fantastic. Um, you can do this through, so like Black Girl Tech has a scholarship program for complete beginners where we pay um, your living expenses to work with um, a company this year. Last year, sorry, it was Aethylite, and they will teach you how to code. They have an academy where they'll teach you how to code for three months, and then you go into an internship program, and etc., etc. And that's a perfect learning environment, right? Um, or if you're a little bit more further along, and your your job allows you, you know, invests into your learning. So one of the places I worked, they got me a mentor. They also got my manager a mentor as well. So it wasn't just like a beginner thing. Um, they got me a mentor. I was able to work on things that in the past I wouldn't have been able to work out on other jobs. They kind of like threw me into the deep end, but gave me a life vest. You know, they said, we just, they didn't have a big team. So things just needed to get done. So it's like, we need to get this done, but we will help you along the way. You're not going to drown. You're not going to sink. You're going to float and we will carry you if we need to carry you. And that was a really, really good environment for me to learn. So I was able to build, I was able to practice, you know, so that was amazing, to be honest. Um, Two more things that I think are really important, specifically in learning how to code. Reading the code and being able to recreate things already out there. So I guess reading the code is it's just a really way to understand how your programming language works. If you're learning HTML or CSS, a really good way to read the code is just to see, find a website that you really like and see what it's built off. And the way you can do that is if you go to a website and just right click and you'll see two things, you'll see view source and you'll see inspect. View source will give you the whole HTML for that page and probably some JavaScript too. And inspect will open up a little window, maybe to your side of your screen or at the bottom of your screen. And it will show you the HTML elements on the page. And it will also show you um, the CSS rules. And so you can toggle CSS rules and you can kind of play around with CSS rules and see what happens when you switch this thing off, what happens when you change the color or the font size or the text of this thing and really just fiddle with things and see how other people are building their websites, what are the tricks and 
tips people are using to build their websites. And if you're not using HTML, CSS, you can go to Codecademy, um, Code you could go to GitHub and find a maybe a popular um, repository on GitHub. Um, in Ruby, we use gems. So find a, you know, a popular gem, maybe device, um, that's a popular authenticating gem. And just start reading, maybe start with the controllers because the controllers are usually the easiest to read in my opinion um and then move on to your models and read line by line it can be overwhelming and i think there may be some resources out there to see the best repositories to read if you want to learn how to code um but start line by line and i would recommend doing this when you already have some kind of grasp on the language though not when you are like a complete beginner because it'll be overwhelming it'll be far too overwhelming but when you have some kind of grasp on the language or if you've been in engineering long enough um and reading code is not daunting to you anymore it's still a really really good way to learn and to understand how the language works how the building blocks are formed and being able to recreate something cool that's already out there something so the front end is not my strongest point but i'm able i'm productive in it i'm able to create things in it and for me something i've learned is that a lot of the things i want to do other people have already done them and so instead of breaking my head trying to figure out how do i do this thing i look at what other people have done particularly with html and css i look at oh, okay this is how this thing is done and i just recreate it um, i might tweak it to make it fit in with what i'm building but just being able to look at what other people have done and recreate helps you pick up skills and it also helps you understand better because you know this works here okay how do i make it work here you know and it's a really really good way to be productive and it's also a good way to learn and um understand things so i hope this uh topic has made sense it was a bit rambly because like i'm just mainly talking from experience here so you need to to go over the things you need to learn how to learn you need to figure out what your best environment is for learning you need to be able to choose the things you learn um and i've kind of gave a few uh, tips on how to choose what to learn when to learn it um and you need to practice uh, problem solving you need to practice building you can do that through side projects if you want to but it's not by force um and you you should read code read code and recreate something cool that's already out there now the recreating something cool that's already out there works a lot better for the front end than it does for the back end i wouldn't recommend if you are a ruby engineer trying to recreate device or something big like that but as i used the example earlier like build a calculator i'm sure someone's already built a calculator and use that to understand what's going on build tic-tac-toe you know basic things like that on twitter i ask folk to let me know what they want to know before they start learning how to code and also what they wish they knew before they started learning how to code so a few people got back to me one person said um how are you able to learn two languages at the same time without getting confused something to understand when you're learning programming languages is that ultimately apart from learning the syntax you are learning concepts you are learning programming concepts 
which are really applicable across the board. So for example, if you're learning JavaScript and you're learning Ruby, you will learn programming concepts such as a conditional, such as variables, which essentially do the same thing or similar enough things in both languages. So it doesn't matter if you learn in Ruby or learn in JavaScript, you're learning that concept. The difference will be how that thing is written in each language. What's the syntax for a conditional in Ruby? What's the syntax for a conditional in JavaScript? What's the syntax for a variable in Ruby? What's the syntax for a variable in JavaScript? And if you get that wrong, sometimes that's fine. Just fix it. Um, I get it when I switch between languages really quickly. Sometimes I make that mistake. Um, but ultimately, know that you're learning the the principle rather than, you know, the actual implement. I mean, of course, you're learning the implementation of the thing. But above all, you're learning the principle of the thing. Right. And yeah, I think that's what's helped me a lot more is that knowing that, oh, it's not wrong to do an if statement in Ruby because that's valid. It's just how I write it. And if statement in JavaScript is also valid. It's just about how I write it and fixing syntax is literally the easiest thing to do in terms of how quick it is to fix you don't have to rejig how you think or anything it's just oh you've missed this where you should have included that something someone else has said is Chima has asked or has said that he wishes he knew self-doubt was part of the job now many folks fall into two camps when it comes to um just in general life either you have imposter syndrome or you have this other thing which i forgot the name of where it's like you're overconfident you think you're super super smart you think you just know everything because engineering is hard engineering is difficult engineering is not easy um when you're learning it it's very easy to feel like you don't know anything because engineering is also involves continual learning and it will always be hard that feeling rarely doesn't go away unless you fall into the camp of people that's like i know everything right but that feeling rarely goes away and you it's easy for you to fall into like holes of like i don't know anything this is all too difficult too hard for me to comprehend and it's not the things that you didn't know a year ago and you know now were hard to comprehend but you comprehended them you figured it out you understood it and now you're able to use those things and understand those things and be productive in those things and that's kind of how I look at it it's I do get a lot of imposter syndrome but you know looking at where I was a year ago and where I am now is a sight to behold I did a project Euler um, task the other day and I finished it in like five minutes and there's no way I would have been able to finish it that quickly um, a year ago even maybe a few months ago right so really keeping track of your progress I think helps with the self-doubt um because in times when you're doubting yourself you can just look back on what you've done and I think that's actually a really good way to mitigate that but also knowing that that's kind of I don't want to say part of the job but I have encountered very few engineers who don't have that or who have never had that let's just say that um something both Chima and someone else, um, Olu have said is also that there are different avenues to your career. And what Olu said specifically was, um, 
there's no one true roadmap and that's so true and I think I mentioned this earlier your journey will be different to somebody else's journey and that's fine you both reach the same end destination you take the path that's suited for you that's best for you and they take the path that's suited and best for them and that may look like you going to uni that may look like you going to a boot camp that may look like neither of those things it may look like you learning html css first it may look like you learning html css last it may look like you never learning html css that's fine the key thing is that you are productive and that you know what you need to know to get the job done and on that olu also um said that they wish they knew um that you can learn without uni a boot camp or an expensive course but the latter all make it easier and that's true you can learn by yourself you can learn alone however it's so much easier to go to uni or a boot camp for multiple reasons um apart from the fact that you'll be learning and the curriculum is like built and tailored for you um there's also the thing of networks and community that you develop that will be harder to develop by yourself access to jobs access to resources access to specialists and you know experts in the field etc etc that you may not get if you're learning alone or maybe harder to get if you're learning alone so those are the things people wish they knew before they uh started learning to code or while they're coding i think i may do this more often ask you know twitter to you know something and then uh talk about it on the podcast let me know how you find that if there is anything you want me to talk about on a podcast tweet me um the handle is at lost in the source um very simple very basic and yeah let's get in the source In the source today, I'm going to very quickly go over the difference between a back-end engineer, a front-end engineer, and a full-stack engineer. So a back-end engineer is someone who deals with the back-end, and the back-end is the bit of the application, the program that you cannot see, that really deals with data retrieval and presenting data and you know sending data here, there, and everywhere. And there's a lot that goes into the back end. So we're talking databases, we're talking controllers and models, um, back background jobs and tasks. We're talking, you know, a whole bunch of stuff basically. And a good example is a form. So when you hit a website and they ask you to sign up and you have a form that says, give me your name, your email address and a password and a password confirmation. When you hit submit, that data that you've given your email your name password password confirmation that data is like basically goes from what you've typed to the back end and in the back end it's you know saved into the necessary tables it creates the necessary objects it needs to create and etc 
that all happens on the back end. You can't see that. But because that happens on the back end, it means that when you return to that website, instead of filling that same form in again, all you need to do is fill in a login form. And once you've logged in, you know, the same thing happens. That data goes, saves into where it needs to save to, and then sends you to where you're able to go. But without the um, data being saved and transported and without those objects being created, you literally, all you'd be able to do is fill in the form. You wouldn't actually be able to submit that data. Which brings me to the front end. So the front end, if the back end is all about, you know, data and retrieving data, saving data and creating objects based on the data it receives, the front end is about displaying. So the front end is literally everything that you can see. Um, that includes the colors, the text, the type, the design, all of that stuff. That's the front end. And also some some interactions, which are which is mainly JavaScript. So, you know, some certain animations and, you know, when you hover over something and another thing changes color here or there or, you know, and certain things like that. That is the front end. Everything you can see, everything you can interact with is the front end. And so full stack brings both of these two things together and says you can do both back end and you can do both front end. So an example of a full stack framework, I don't know if there are any full stack languages, although JavaScript does try to be a full stack. I don't want to say does try it. JavaScript is considered a full stack language because you can use JavaScript both on the front end and on the back end, but the back end is kind of on the, I'm not going to confuse you. JavaScript is considered a full stack language, but typically you have full stack frameworks and Ruby on Rails is one of those frameworks and it allows you to do both back end stuff really nicely and front end stuff really nicely all in one place and essentially using a few different languages, but all in one place. So it doesn't necessarily feel like you're using too many different languages, but really you're using like HTML, CSS, and uh, Ruby, and then some Rails, and then some ERB. Again, I'm not going to confuse you, but yeah, Rails is a full stack framework. JavaScript is considered a full stack language. Um, and full stack just means you're bringing the two together. You're bringing back end and you're bringing front end. I will, let me just quickly give some examples of some front end languages. I think I said HTML, CSS, um, Haml, SCSS, these are front end. Back end would be stuff like Java, Ruby, um, Python as well. And I think Django is a Python full stack framework. And so, yeah, that is back end, front end, and full stack. So, when you see job descriptions asking for a back end engineer, they usually want someone who's going to deal with the database type stuff and the um, building infrastructure type stuff and really building out the how data moves through the application and how uh, messages pass through the application. If you're looking for some an engineer role that says front end, that's probably looking for someone who's going to display that data to the user and really think about how the user navigates through the website or through that web app through the application. Um, and if you're looking at full stack, you're looking at someone who's gonna be a bit of both. 
So yeah, that is it. This is the first episode of 2019. It's a bit of a long one today. Um, if you stuck through, thank you. I hope I haven't been too rambly. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Lost in the Source. Um, send me questions if you have any. And yeah, I will see you next time. Bye.